0: I have my beautiful wife, Sabrina, joining us today once again. We, uh, we preached this on Thursday. We poshed it up a little bit last night and this morning. And, and uh, so if you were here on Thursday, uh, you're going to get a little bit of a different message. Um, so I want to share a, a funny story with you about, about moms. A little girl was sitting and watching her mother as she did the dishes at the kitchen sink she suddenly noticed that her mother had several strands of white hair sticking out on her brunette head. "'Why are some of your hairs white, Mom?' she asked. Her mother replied, "'Well, every time you do something wrong, one of my hairs turns white.'" The little girl pondered about that for a while and asked, "'So why are all of Grandma's hairs white?' I know that I put some gray hairs on my mom, uh, definitely probably from ages 15 to 22. So very thankful for her faithfulness and patience with me through some trying years. Um, You know, as children, we relate to our mothers differently through the years. Uh, At age four, we say, my mom can do anything. At age 12, mom doesn't know everything. At age 14, Mom doesn't know anything. At age 18, mom is out of step with the times. She's so out of touch. At age 25, well, mom knows a few things. Isn't it amazing how when you go to college, your mom gets smarter? (laughs) At age 35, before we decide, let's get mom's opinion. At age 45, I wonder what mom would say about this. And at age 65, I wish I could talk with my mom. You know, time is uh, is so short, and so I just encourage you to not live with regrets right now. Uh, No matter what has happened, good or bad, with your relationship with your mom or, uh, you know, mother authority figure in your life, uh, tell your mom that you love her today because there is gonna be a time when you won't be able to talk to her anymore. So, uh, so just wish your moms a, a happy Mother's Day. Uh, you know, my life is surrounded by incredible moms. I'm really blessed to have a supportive mom, uh, a great mother-in-law. Uh, my sister is in Minnesota. Chrissy is one of my best friends. Um, I love my sister-in-laws. I, ha- I have three of them. I think I said four. I think I only have three. I yeah, you, yeah so I, <laughs> I, I don't have any. I, I don't think i have a fourth one but if i do then i love you too out there i guess (laughs) and of course i have an awesome and incredible wife uh in sabrina uh as well so i'm gonna let you kind of take it away and go from there
1: um yeah i'd just like take a quick second because my mom is in here and just tell her happy mother's day i know that that um as an adult not everybody has a great relationship with their mother and that some of them are broken and some of them are not the hallmark card that you would like them to be um, and uh, there's probably many different emotions going through today. Some of you might be feeling very stressed because your child did not get the memo that today is Mother's Day and they're supposed to behave. Um, some of you might be feeling guilty because maybe you're not the mom that you had hoped you you um, could be or that you should be, and mom guilt is a real thing. Um, some of you might be kind of sad because maybe this is the first Mother's Day without your mom, if she's passed away recently. Uh, some of you might be single and longing to be a mom, and God just hasn't filled that desire in your heart, or maybe you're suffering with infertility in your marriage. Um, and then, um, you know, whatever the reason is that that you are here today, we are so glad you're here, and we hope that you feel um, encouraged and that you can get something out of today's message. And um, that you know that we were family and that we're all in this together and um, and so I do I do really quickly want to thank my mom because I do fortunately I'm very blessed with a wonderful relationship with her, which is pretty rare and I can truly say she is definitely one of my best and closest friends and I'm very grateful to have her um, in my life and in the same community I live in because that's also rare so I would like to share a quick little story with you this actually this story has nothing to do with the message but it's just too funny, and I've shared it with a few people, and they said, well, it can, it can just, it'll be my little intro bumper. It doesn't, really, it's not connected with the message. But if, if you could put that picture of my sweet little three-year-old daughter up on the screen, this is Noelle. She is a mess. Um, she is wonderful. She keeps us on our toes. She's spunky, sassy. She turned three in February. Um, she's smarter than she should be for her age. And um, this is a picture that was taken at a yard sale that we had just last month. And she's um, glitz and glamour mixed with mud, and uh, she always, she's got her little sparkly toms on and her hat on backwards. Um, this particular morning, of course, it's a yard sale, so everybody's involved. We're all out there, my parents were there helping out too, and um, people are coming and going and buying our stuff and looking at things. This child, at, at one point later in the morning, um, I don't, you don't, I mean, you know as parents, you don't know what possesses your children to do or say the things they say half the time, but somebody had purchased something from us and they were walking back to their car and leaving our yard sale. She hops on her little frozen bike with the training wheels and she kind of follows them to the end of our driveway as they're walking off and they hit the end of our driveway and they turn, you know, to go to their car and she turns her bike around to come back towards the house and as she turns her bike around to come back towards the house, I hear bye-bye, suckers. (laughs) Come out of her mouth. And my mother goes, did you just hear what your daughter said? And I did. And I, it was one of those moments I had to turn my back because I busted out laughing in shock of what she said. And I mean, it was, it was kind of funny. Um, And then I had to compose myself and turn back around and address the issue. And Jeremy, of course, you know, solid face stepped in there and said, no, ma'am, we don't talk that way. And we had to talked to her about saying that and prayed that hopefully the family that was leaving didn't actually hear her um, say that. Those, <laughs> those
0: moments are always awkward when you're like supposed to discipline, but it's really funny as well. that was one of those times.
1: Yeah, yeah. so um, so that's our sweet little three-year-old and we I mean honestly there's story upon story I could share, but I just had to share that one with you because it was pretty funny. So um, thank you for putting that slide up there. Um, today, we are going to focus, um, we'll be covering a, li- um, a couple of scriptures, but we're going to focus on Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4. And I'm actually going to talk about 1 through 3, and Jeremy's going to take that last verse in a little bit. Um, and if, if it's okay with you, I'm going to actually read it from the Amplified version of the Bible. So, any version you have is wonderful, but the Amplified just kind of unpacks it. A little bit more, if, if you see what's in parentheses, that's kind of specific to that version of the Bible, but I really liked what they had to say here. So it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is, accept their guidance and discipline as his representatives, for this is right. For obedience teaches wisdom and self-discipline. Honor or esteem and value is precious, your father and mother, and be respectful to them. This is the first commandment with a promise, and here's the promise, so that you may, so that it may be well with you and that you may have long life on earth. Um, So most people like this portion of scripture, clearly, because it says, children, obey your parents, you know, it's a commandment for them, and we're all like, yeah, see what the Bible says, but if you're like us, and many of you who are maybe still in the parenting years. you're wondering how the heck do I get my child to just do that because it's, it's easier kind of said than done. It's great that God says that you're supposed to obey, but that's not really my reality when my children run around crazy. So I want to take a look at our responsibility as parents um, in helping our kids learn to obey us. Helpful if my notes were not upside down. <laughs> okay. Okay someone has the authority in your home, and you need to figure out who it is. If you don't know who has the authority in your home, then chances are it's probably not you. It's just just saying. Um, I'm going to share a practical little kind of litmus test to sort of maybe one little snippet of trying to figure out, like, maybe who has the authority in your home, and then then another um, story about my kids, because they give us lots of... Um, sermon material. <laughs> yeah,
0: when you're a pastor's kid, man, you have plenty of material to work with, especially when you have four of them. So,
1: so if you're the kind of parent, and this might maybe might apply to, like I said, um, those of us who are in our parenting years, but but really, you can even relate it if your children are grown and gone, or you don't have any kids, you can even kind of allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you where you're at. I mean, this can be applied really in any relationship. If you have a relationship just with your spouse and you tend to do this, or even in the work environment and you tend to do this, you can kind of, you know, this is an illustration of one way that you realize you don't have the authority. If you tend to repeat, 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 and then explode, you don't have the authority. As far as where we're at in our season of life, if I'm repeating, 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 and then exploding, I've just given my child the power to freak me out. And they have the power in that moment. Um, here's an example of that, because, as I've said, we're we are um, in the trenches with a lot of you who are still parenting, which means we're still figuring it out. and there's a lot of grace <laughs> um, that we uh, definitely utilize and hold on to. Um, so, At the dinner table, we have rules. We try to eat as a family um, four to five times a week, if it's possible, um, together at the table. We feel like that's a very important thing we want to do with our family as they grow. It's difficult when you have young kids, and they're all over the place. We have really two simple rules. One, no toys at the table, because they're distractions, so we clear our table off. And two, you need to sit in your chair until you've been asked, asked to be excused and have been given permission to get down. So Cash and Noel have a difficult time with the second rule, with sitting in their chair. They um, stand at the table in their chair. They are constantly getting down and running over to the counter and getting something or getting up and trying to grab a spoon or saying, oh, I have to go to the bathroom all of a sudden, and getting up, getting down, getting up, getting down, it's tiring, and we're... um, Or I should say, especially me in this example, constantly say, sit down, sit down, sit your hiney in the chair, get back to your chair, don't get up from the table. This is just a constant, you know, in trying to train and corral our children to um, accomplish this. This particular night, Jeremy had a meeting, he was not home. I still try to sit at the table with my kids when he's not there to keep some sort of order, and um, it was me and the four of them, and it was particular this time Cash that kept getting up and getting down, and I completely did what I said not to do, and I repeat, 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 and then I exploded on him. Um, I had said numerous times to not get up, and it it resulted in me um, yelling and snapping and giving threats. And in that moment, I realized he had the power because that sweet little child of mine smirked back at me when I exploded on him. He shot me a little like half smile, like <laughs> I know, like he knew what he was doing, and and um and I kind of I kind of realized oh I I messed up. So if we go to the very very next night, I had the opportunity to sort of um do it again and see how I was gonna. How I was going to handle it the next night. So we're the next night we are sitting as a family. Jeremy's there. We're out in the back deck, and he's doing the same thing. He's starting to get up, and I thought, oh no, not this night. He is not gonna. He's not gonna do this to me again. Um, really, he didn't do that to me. I did it to myself. But uh, Jeremy told him, "You need to stay in your seat and sit down." And Daddy was there, which is helpful because they tend to listen to his voice a little bit more than their moms, um, which I think is kind of tends to be true across the board. Um, and he he did one of those slumpy things in his chair where he slumped like this and he's pretty much laying in his chair and he's like ugh, and I I don't know what it is with kids like that age but when the head goes back like this, it kind of cracks me up a little bit but you know you're in for a tantrum, so he slumped down in his chair and instead of me getting aggravated again and saying sit in your ch- sit up in your chair, um, I said Cash you need to sit in your chair and he said I don't want to and I said oh. I said, "Well, that's okay. You don't have to. If you're so tired that you can't sit up in your chair, you can just go to bed." And he said, "I don't want to go to bed." I said, "Well, no, no, it's okay, honey." I said, "Come on. I'll clean you up. We'll go. It's 6:30, mind you. And Graydon has already finished his food, and he has been excused, and he's off and playing. Uh, Noelle's in the process of finishing hers, and I said, "No, no, it's okay. We'll we'll just go to bed." And so he realized, "No, I don't want to go to bed." So he sits up in his chair. I said, "Then you can sit in your chair like everyone else." So he's sitting now, and he has not touched his chicken. He's complaining about how much chicken do I have to eat? And um, I made two piles. I had a little big pile of uh, cut-up chicken and a smaller pile of cut-up chicken. I said, you need to eat the bigger pile if you want to get down and play. Um,
0: A lot of times dinner feels like a negotiation, you know, (laughs) because you just want to get done with it, you know.
1: Yeah, and uh, so, you know, he looked at me and he said, I want to eat that pile, which was the smaller pile of chicken. I said, no, you need to eat the bigger (laughs) pile of chicken. He said, why can't I eat the other pile? And in the process, I put it in my mouth, I said, because mommy just ate it, (laughs) I said, so that's the only pile left on your plate, (laughs) and he goes, oh, and he ate it, and he ate it, because that was the only pile left, he ate it, he got down, dinner was over, it was good, it was much less stressful than the previous night, and we were a happier family for it, so um, all that to share that, that in that moment, I gave, in the moment, the The first night, I gave my authority to my child. He, you know, I gave him the power to freak me out. The second night, I handled it better. Um, And also, on a side note, just real quickly, if you are, and we're still learning this, if you're threatening your child or bribing them, I'm going to be honest with you, those work um, in the moment, but if you're constantly doing that, you are damaging your relationship with them more than you know, and you are you are um, undermining your authority you're just giving your authority away that if you're constantly parenting by threatening or bribing them um, that's going to come around to bite you later on Um, so when i think about authority uh, or when you think about who has authority in your life parent or not single or married wherever you're at you know, is it somebody that um, do you feel disconnected to? You know, when I say who has authority in your life, I'm meaning, you know, who do you give permission to speak truth into your life or to hold you accountable or, um, you know, to kind of call you out on stuff, that kind of thing. If when you think about that, is it somebody that you feel disconnected to? And I mean, the answer is no. <laughs> if you don't know the person and you feel disconnected, who cares what they have to say about, you, you don't have any authority in their life. You, you, the people in my life that have authority in my life, that I've freely given authority that I'll actually listen, even if it's reluctantly at times, to what they have to say, um, are people that know my heart and that they love me unconditionally and I know they have the, my best um, intentions in their mind. So... It's the same thing with our kids in relationships with, like I said, you know, we're talking about parenting, it's Mother's Day, but even, even in your household with a spouse or, or a friend or a coworker, really, I mean, do your children know that you love them unconditionally? I mean, it's one thing to say, I love you, goodnight, but do they really know that you love them unconditionally? No matter if they came to you with anything, you might be disappointed in their behavior, but you're still gonna love them no matter what. Do they feel like you truly know them as an individual? Anybody who has multiple children um, knows that God's created them individually, and they have different things about them that they connect with, whether it's interest. I have one child who loves Legos and Dominoes. I have another child who loves superheroes and Pokemon. You know? So on a surface level, which is very important, there's interest. But also truly to know your child, to know what works for them, what be, what sets them off. What you know, I have one child when he gets upset, he needs space. I have another child when he gets upset, you can joke with him a little bit and laugh him out of it. They don't. It doesn't work. You know, to cross those over. So do you know your child, and do they feel like you've taken time to truly know them, and do they know that you have their their best interests in mind, that um, that you want the best for them. And when I mean the best, I don't mean what money can buy. I mean that you truly desire to um, give them the best that you can as far as, you're, as far as you can. And even within that, you know, that they, you know, my child knows that if I tell him don't do this, there's a reason. The same with scripture. If God tells you, gives you a command and tells you to not do something, it's because he knows Better, just like a parent. You know, if my, if you run into the road, you could possibly be squashed by a car. So I'm going to spank your hiney if you run in the road. You know, I know that might be a small example, but God is kind of the same way. If God gives us a command in the Bible, it's because he knows if we disobey it, the outcome down the road, even if we don't see it right then. Um... So I can easily give God authority in my life because I know he does these things for me. He loves me unconditionally. He knows me better than I know myself because he created me, and he always has my best um, interests, my best intentions in, in his mind. So it's, it's easy for me to give God the authority in my life. Uh, granted, I might not always like what he has to say, but I know those things are true, so I'm going to listen to him. You also, by the way, some some of you in here, you can get control momentarily over your children or your spouse or people in your life through fear, whoever yells the loudest or has the scariest discipline or threat. But that's so damaging to your relationships it's so so damaging um i mean and all it's doing is serving to like get them to behave the way you want to in that second and and nothing else um and also it's totally misrepresenting god's character to them because that's not how god we have a responsibility as parents to as the scripture said um you know that that amplified version kind of unpacked a little bit more that we are his representatives to our children so they're to obey us As His representatives, and that's assuming that we're representing Christ accurately through personal loving and caring um, and patient relationships with our children. Um, So if you're misrepresenting him this way, then then it leads me to wonder, you know, if you're constantly just yelling and snapping and, you know, angry and negative, and um, that's the kind of parenting you're doing, then I'm wondering what's going on in your life and in your heart, and do you, how do you see God? You know, loving and viewing you as as a father or a parent, because there's something that's disconnected there that's not the way it should be, and you might want to try to work through some of that. so so establishing a strong connection with your child um, to know them will give you authority in their lives. So I kind of kind of covered that a little bit, but um, and you'll see that they're more apt to obey you. Just like I'm more apt to obey and listen to God because I know he loves me intimately, even even if it's reluctant at times. So, you know, my children, um, you know, especially Graydon, like he's older, so we've kind of worked through some of those difficult, you know, younger years where you're constantly having to discipline, discipline. Um, so he's at the point now where he's like, okay, I know she loves me. I don't really want to do what she's telling me to do, and I might grumble about it, but I'm going to do it because I know she has my best interest. So... Um, um, so that's that thought. Uh, the next thing is I kind of touched on just a second is of course your kids are going to disobey, especially the younger ones and even even older. You know they're gonna they're gonna disobey the, the younger ones because they're in those um, formative years where they're testing their boundaries and everything. Um, so it, it is important to have consequences for that behavior. God has consequences for us when we disobey, but make sure that they're positive and hopeful, that they give some sort of encouragement. Like I said earlier in that example with Cash, the first night was full of threats, and and I snapped in, in anger out of frustration, which was totally the inappropriate response. The next night... Um, his consequence, although he didn't like it, you know, he had hope of a good night's sleep and a good breakfast in the morning. So if he was hungry from going to bed without dinner, but the, you know, the the perspective, the tone, the everything, the approach was a lot more um, positive. And um, and there's there can be more. There's a lot more examples of that. But in the interest of time, I'm I'm not going to be able to kind of go all through through all that with you. But discipline without love leads to rebellion. If you're disciplining your child just because you've had a bad day and you're kind of like, you know, your your coworker snapped at you and you're aggravated and somebody flipped you off on the way home or, you know, and you come home and you snap at your kids or kick the dog, so to speak, in that kind of trickle-down analogy, and you're, you're disciplining um, out of emotion or anger, it's you're you're breaking you're cutting that connection with your child and there's there's a disconnect there and you're undermining your authority authority ultimately and that that's going to lead to rebellion yeah
0: i don't know if you said this but um discipline means to teach and train your child not always give a punishment and uh that's really important uh let me repeat that one again because i need to hear it uh discipline means to teach and train your child not always give a punishment and remember, we are building disciples, and yes. you are building disciples as a parent. And uh, so that's why it's so important to give them structure, uh, to bring correction uh, in love as well. So I'm going to be talking about um, uh, Ephesians 6-4, the discipline aspect. Surprise, surprise, right? It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them but bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and instruction of the lord man that is so rich right there um that i think i'm gonna post that on my bathroom mirror um, John Piper writes a blog uh, called Desiring God and you can follow it on Facebook and you can even get it sent to you uh, via email as well but I really encourage you guys to check that out uh, John Piper, Desiring God it is just incredible the articles uh, that I read on a weekly basis there and I just read one the other day and it said we should not sin against the kids so it explains this passage a little bit more and it says not to provoke them to anger we should not give our children any good reason to be angry. As a parent, we should treat them with as much kindness and respect as adults we work with or at people at church. So if you find, maybe depending on where your kid's at right now, if you find that your kid just all of a sudden has a bunch of anger, I guarantee it that they are seeing it modeled from you. They're seeing it modeled from you. So you got to take a look at the mirror and saying, man, am I being just angry? And, you know, because if you are, then, then I guarantee you they're going to be as well. Because I've seen it. I've seen it in my kids as well. You know, if, if it's been a, uh, a tough day at work or I'm stressed out or, you know, my, my nerves are about like paper thin and, and I just lash out, then I see them doing it towards each other. Oftentimes, how we parent is how we view God. Oftentimes, how we parent is how we view God. And so if if you view God as a loving father who is kind and forgiving and nurturing, then that's how you're going to parent. If you see God as, you know, just this authority figure that's just waiting to nail you to the wall and and just make one wrong move, that's how you're going to parent. And uh, he goes on in this article, he says, The single greatest lesson I'm learning as a father is that parenting is first about my sin and need for growth, not first and foremost about my children's. As a father, I not only need to protect my children from the world, the devil, and their own sin, but the but the first order of business is protecting them from my sin. Man, I tell you what, uh, being being married made me realize how selfish I was, and being a parent has made me realize how sinful I still can be. And and so, uh, you know, I'm working through that, and. Um, you know, uh, I can go from zero to ticked off in a matter of a few seconds. And and that's probably my biggest struggle and something I continue to work on. And I'm um, so glad to have a loving wife that's not afraid to confront me. Um, thankfully, she doesn't confront me in front of the kids because that undermines my authority. But but when I've stepped out of bounds and when I've handled a situation, In in a a wrong way, she lets me know about that, which I need. But it's about reconciliation. And um, you know, when our kids do something wrong, especially towards each other, they have to name their sin. Um, If 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 one child does something wrong to the other one, they just can't go up to the person and say, "Will you forgive me?" No, like they have to say specifically what they're asking for forgiveness for. They have to name their sin. And then, uh, and then uh, usually, uh, usually they give each other a hug. Sometimes it's kind of a half-hearted side hug, but hey, that's okay. Because it's about reconciling. So when one person sins in the family, they have affected not only them, but they have affected the whole family. And so they have to name their sin, but we as parents... Sabrina and I also have to name our sin if we've sinned against our kids. And it's really humbling, and I I do it probably more than I would like, but it's really humbling when you have to get down on your knee at their level, at their eye level, and you name your sin specific of what you have done wrong. And you ask them for forgiveness. So parents, when is the last time you named your sin, you humbled yourself before God and before your child and named your sin. And, and if you're not doing that, you need to do that. So it's about reconciliation, it's about reuniting, it's about bringing together again. So if my kids affect a sin against one another, uh, we need to do our role in reconciling them to one another. And the same thing if we sin against them or, or they sin against us, We need to bring reconciliation, and that's that's an important role as a parent.
1: Naming your sin doesn't have to sound all that scary. It's it's much simpler than it's not like, will you forgive me? I have sinned against you. You know, you're not. It's not talking to God here. You're you're just like you know, hey, I'm really sorry. I should not have yelled at you and snapped the way that I did. Will you forgive me? Because that just calling out what is or with the child. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have pushed you down. Will you forgive me?
0: So make sure you are attacking the problem and not the person. And um, I use this analogy all the time. Uh, whenever I do marriage counseling, I'm not a very good marriage counselor. So, um, so that's why we have other people in the church that do that and are more trained and qualified than I am. Um, but one of the things that I talk about is uh, picture, picture. You know, this this table in between Sabrina and I. <clears throat> if if uh, one of us has sinned against one another, then. Uh, you know, or, or there's just an issue that's come up. A lot of times, you know, you picture this at a table in between us, and we're just kind of going back and forth. Man, you're really pretty. You know that? Oh, yeah. 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 I did good. Uh, so, um, you know, you're just kind of going back and forth, and, um, and then you think, like, the other person is the problem. But really, the other person is not the problem. Really, ultimately, we are on the same side of the table, all right? And here's the table, and here's the problem, or here's the sin, or whatever it is. So you have to attack the sin. You have to attack the problem together as a team, okay? Because if you're going to do this, you're not going to get anywhere. But if you're going to do this, then there's going to be reconciliation. There's going to be healing, and you're going to be able to move forward. Does that make sense a little bit? Um, You know, we're sinners raising sinners, we're sinners raising sinners and we're trying to figure this out ourselves and like we're never going to have it all together. I mean we're going to continue to learn as parents. You're going to continue to learn as grandparents and are you going to mess
1: your kids up? Yes. Yes. (laughs) On some level.
0: In some level you're going to mess your kid up Uh, but God's grace is bigger than our mistakes. Don't major on the minors, and I want to share a quick story, and we'll wrap it up here in just a moment here, but don't major on the minors. So I had lunch with, with a guy in my life uh, who's, he's a grandpa, and, and he's seasoned, and uh, just a committed believer, and knows scripture, and so I had lunch with him at his house recently, and he was talking about how he used to focus, how he used to major on the minors. And a couple areas of that was when his kids uh, were growing up was music and hairstyles. And, um, you know, he, he came to the Lord and he was on fire for the Lord. And then, um, you know, just kind of, you know, some, you know how kind of sometimes when people um, come into a saving relationship with the Lord, they just go overboard with everything. You know, it's like throwing out all the CDs and, and everything else. And I'm, 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 I'm for you, Lord, and, and I'm going to, you know, uh, I, I I got a bunch See? of, yeah, go to, the, go to the opposite extreme. Well, that was music for his kids. And so his kids, like, had to get rid of all their tapes. Some of you don't know what that is. It's okay.
1: <laughs>
0: his kids had to get rid of all their tapes, and all they could listen to was the Gaithers as teenagers. you want to talk about screwing your kid up. (laughs) Listen, uh, some of you don't know who the Gaithers are. It's like Southern gospel. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. But I've never, I've never seen a teenager. I've never looked through their iPod and they have the Gaithers on there. Like They (laughs) downloaded it specifically on iTunes, the Gaither music. All right. Um, And so they just went, he just went extreme, man. And then another thing was hairstyle. And if you were a kid that grew up in the 80s and 90s, buddy, we had some doozy hairstyles back then. <laughs> you know, girls, it was the bangs. That was like, whoa, you know. And, uh, and guys, we were all over the place, man. We, as guys, we had, um, you know, the shave sides and the, kinda, the top kind of laid down and then we had the lines on the sides, you know, like if you had two, man, you were rebel. If you were three, you were like cray-cray, and if you did, if you had like four lines, if you went with quattro, you know, four lines, then you were a bad dude, all right, and uh, I think I had like four lines maybe for a few weeks, and then I was just like, man, I just, I just went too far, and uh, and so his, his kids because he tried to protect them so much, and because he majored on the minors, his kids rebelled big time, more than he could have ever imagined. And, um, and, he's, and he, he admits, and he has, he's, he's apologized several times through the years that he shouldn't have done that. Uh, but you know what he just told me? That his youngest daughter, who's in her early 30s, Uh, He said, you know what, my daughter and I, we're going to the Journey concert coming up. (laughs) Isn't that awesome, man? Because, like, he messed up. And he'll admit that that he messed up uh, during those teenage years. And he majored on the minors. But you know what, there was reconciliation. And he admitted that he messed up. And uh, and then I just I just kind of picture you know I don't I don't know when the Journey's, journey journey concert is coming on but uh, I would love to go to that one by the way but um, but I could just see them and he and she and she actually bought him tickets she bought him tickets and she bought the good seats you know like right up front where all the beautiful people sit you know and uh, and he's like he's like man I'm gonna be really I'm gonna feel out of, really out of place because I've never sat that close before but reconciliation. Uh, Happened, And it's only by God's grace that our children turn out normal. By his grace that our children will one day come into a saving relationship with Jesus, not by our best intentions or methods. It's about living an authentic life before God and others. So be authentic, man. Be real. Giving God authority in every area of your life. Listen, if you want your kids uh, to... Respect your authority, you have to give God authority in every area of your life. Don't expect them to be obedient if you're not being obedient. And using that authority that he has given you in honoring way and staying connected, staying connected. You cannot, uh, you know, if, if you want all this authority, but you don't really know who your kids are, man you're going to you're going to you're going to do that that's all you're going to do it's about staying connected and being faithful with the authority that God's given you in an honoring way
1: yeah and we you know you might be listening to to um today this morning um, and we're going to be wrapping it up here in a few minutes and thinking oh man, I've been screwing up, you know, I've been snapping a lot at my kids, I've, I've, I'm not connected with them, you know, I don't really know who my child is, and, and quite frankly, I don't care to know who my child is, because, you know, they're, they aggravate me. If, if you have a broken connection with your child, whether they're three years old, and you snapped at them before you put them in their preschool room this morning, or they're a teenager and you just don't get them because you know you, you haven't taken the time to try to enter into their world or remember what it was like when you were a teenager. If you have a broken connection, um, as an adult, with your parent, you know, with your own mother, if they're still around, or father, for that matter, you know, it's not too late to retie those connections. You know, there's there's grace there, if, um, and you can retie them. You can you can do what it takes now to try to build a connection. It's it's easier when they're younger. If they're older, it might not be quite as easy, but. With God's grace and humility working through you, you know, and you, we humble ourselves, and you just, just ask God, how do I rebuild that connection with my adult child, or with my teenager, or, you know, my junior high student, or my own mother, who's, who's, you know, elderly, when before it's too late, how do I rebuild that connection? God's gonna, He want, He desires that for you. Reconcile, the gospel is all about reconciliation, us to God, and then us to each other, and He is gonna, He's gonna speak to you in that if you're open to hear it. Um, um If you have a broken connection with God, if you feel disconnected with with Jesus with God, obviously he 's waiting for you to turn to him, do it today you know don't don't let time pass because Jeremy always says, and he 's always said it ever since I met him that tomorrow 's never promised we just never no none of us know uh, the only thing we do know is that you know, part of the definition of life is death. At some point, we're all going to die. That's the only thing that we really know. Who knows when it's going to be, you know? Any one of us is one phone call away from our lives being, you know, the doctor calls and says, you got to come in. I saw something on the biopsy. Or we walk out and get hit by a car. You just never know. So don't put it off. If you aren't connected with God and there's a disconnect, there's something there, then meet with him today and work that out if you don't know who he is and you want to you want that kind of connection you want that wisdom you want that intimacy you want to know how can this god know me in personally do it today you can you can do that today um the last thing i want to say and this should be a little bit freeing as far as parenting goes and really in any relationship it takes three parts so there's my part as a parent um, so we sort of saw that in the scripture in Ephesians 6 that I need to represent Christ accurately um, as his representative. Um, there's my child's part. He has part or she has part and there's God's part. So it's not all on me as a mom. It's not all on you as a dad. You know, we're not meant to do it alone and and so don't take all that burden on in me like I have to get this right because it's all up to me or I'm going to screw my child up. It's Your child has a responsibility too and God has his part too so you need to have faith and allow him to, to meet you where you're at.
0: Yeah, and if you try to do someone else's part, you're going to be frustrated. You can't do your child's part, and you can't do God's part. You can only do your part. And um, Romans 5.10 says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved with his life. Jesus' sacrifice has changed us from enemies to friends of God. We were at war with God, but because of Jesus, we can be at peace. And God took the initiative. God took the initiative, and he's taking the initiative today. He wants reconciliation. He wants reconciliation first between him and you, and he paved the way to make that happen. He wants reconciliation between you and your spouse, reconciliation between you and your child, reconciliation between you and your parents, he is the only one that can reconcile relationships in your life. You can't do it. You can't do it on your own. And uh, so, just allow Him to do that. But first, uh, get right with the Lord first. So let me let me pray with us.